Hello, friends, and welcome again to another episode of the Potluck Podcast. Alan Murray here taking the lead tonight because Jared Cornut uh, is busy out in God's country that is not in the South, in the great 406 Montana, making me incredibly envious as he spent the day today in Yellowstone. But I am joined by someone who is also in a beautiful section of what I think might be God's country, New Mexico. Matt Hensley, how are you on this Sabbath evening? I am doing absolutely great. We have been getting some rain the last couple of days, and so doing doing well. The kids have one more week of school. Uh, they wrap up on Thursday, unless they have makeup work to do, in which case they will wrap up on Friday. So we're looking forward to a summer, going to kind of wrap up the week, maybe with a trip to El Paso, maybe try out a trampoline park of some kind just to get out of the house for a little bit. But yeah, we are doing well. What about you, Jay Allen? I'm doing well. Uh, it's been a very busy week. It's uh, I've, I've been trying to figure out where it went. Uh, it's just been incredibly busy and uh, more business come up. Uh, we, we had a great retirement party for our former director of missions last night cooked a ton of chicken for that not really a ton just 120 pounds <laughs> and uh so I'm, I'm doing well uh it's it's been a been a good week awesome man and uh it's been a exciting couple of weeks for for me with the pastors conference stuff uh, we do have some new nominees in the works for on a, our team with the vice president and a treasurer that'll be announced probably this week, if it's not already. Uh, there's also a few other people that are going to be throwing their hats in the ring, uh, but I've had a great time getting a lot of great feedback from pastors all over the country with some of the principles that have been coming out. Uh, with Everyday Pastors Expository Preaching, there are three more coming out, actually, as this goes live. Encouraging Unity will be coming out, and uh, because we've got pastors of all different soteriologies, all different eschatologies. Some use the ESV. I believe you do. Some use the CSB. Some use NASB, KJV. We've got people in skinny jeans like Kyle Bierman. We've got people in suits like you and me and everything in between. Lots of differences among us, but we can come together around the unity that we have in Jesus, our confession, and our call to make disciples uh, here there and everywhere. And so I've been really encouraged by the feedback I've been getting from that and those that have tuned in and kind of checked those things out and shared them and so forth. It's been really exciting. But some other exciting stuff is happening. Uh, speaking of everywhere, y'all that are listening in that are Southern Baptists are well aware of the various acronyms we have. Uh, NAM being the North American Mission Board, IMB being the International Mission Board, and the International Mission Board uh, met with their trustees uh, this past week, and uh, some exciting stuff is coming out. And Jay Allen, I don't know about you, but there were a few months there early on last year when, as the pandemic is kind of getting a little bit out of control, it seemed like, and a lot of businesses are closing down and, and the different mask mandates and, you know, whether you could meet, how you can meet, you know, going to outside church, all of those kinds of things where I just was like, man, I don't know what the end of the year is going to look like. Are we going to have baptisms? Are we going to meet our budget? Are we going to do X, Y, and Z? And so there were times that I was a little worried. And I think Dr. Chitwood kind of had the same mentality, the wondering as this report was coming out, 
uh, that we're going to talk about in just a moment, uh, that he says he was just a little bit nervous about the report, but once it came, uh, his nerves were perhaps subsided a bit because some great, great, great things are happening in and through the International Mission Board. Did you take a chance to look at that? I did, uh, and I was very excited to read uh, that that numbers are trending up. Not that numbers are everything, but uh, the point of these IMB numbers is that we're trying to reach people, yep. and and those are not just numbers. Those numbers represent individuals who have come to faith to know the Lord Jesus. Um, I've got some friends that are IMB personnel, and they've been put on stateside assignment throughout COVID, as well as a lot of missionaries. Uh, my understanding is at one point we had uh, more missionaries stateside than we've had, I guess, percentage-wise since the Second World War. Uh, and I was not around for that, even though you might think that I was. <laughs> and and so to see that God has been working mightily uh, through his church for the glory of his name, um, it's just tremendous. Um, I, I love hearing uh, success going on at the IMB, uh, which has historically been what has made us Southern Baptist, what we've rallied around. Yeah, and looking at this 2020 annual statistical report, which we will put in the show notes in 2019, uh, over 500,000 people heard the good news. Uh, but in 2020, again, a pandemic, again, when we had a number of our IMB personnel here stateside, uh, nearly 770,000 people heard the gospel. And then more than that, uh, in 2019, nearly 90,000 uh, were saved. We got new brothers and sisters. Uh, but last year, again, amid the pandemic, we had 144,322 new brothers, new sisters in Christ because they professed faith in him. And uh, that pumps me up. And of course, you also see there 12,368 new fellowships in 2019. But last year, 18,380. And so obviously that's a great thing. You get a new believer. Uh, they also need a place to, to worship and gather and grow and ultimately lead others to, to him. We make disciples to make disciples and see that replicate. And so some exciting things are happening there. And, uh, and, and like you said, even though we had over half uh, here stateside, and, uh, and I like his quote at the end, as you read through the report, join me in praising God for the significant impact your IMB missionaries are making in getting the gospel to the nations. Jay Allen, as you said, that's why we are here. In our charter, we are gathering for the propagation of the gospel. And so you're faithfully preaching there in North Carolina. I'm faithfully preaching here in New Mexico. We've got church plants all over this country through the North American Mission Board. And then, of course, around the globe through the International Mission Board, we're seeing the gospel move forward. We shared, I believe, uh, last week, perhaps, on the uh, new Bible translations and so forth, getting the Word of God to every single tribe and tongue that we know that is out there. And so a lot of great things are happening in that front, and it just excites me. And, uh, and as we prepare to meet next month in Nashville, it also excites me because when we do, we're going to get to celebrate some new fully funded missionaries that are being appointed. They were appointed at this trustee meeting, May 11th and 12th in Richmond. Uh, but of course, we will get to meet many of them uh, during the IMB sending celebration and so forth. Of course, as we've shared before, you'll sometimes have those that are blacked out. We don't get to see who they are or know their names. We just know that they're going to another country. And it always gives kind of a little bit of a sense of 
really what's happening, right? There are people that are going where you can always get the gospel out. You just may not be able to get it out a second time. And so just a reminder, these people, some are risking their entire lives to go and spread the gospel. Looking at that idea of 68 new missionaries, a new affinity group, what are some of your thoughts there, Jay Allen? I think it's fantastic. Um, I, I'm looking forward to the celebration in Nashville. Uh, that was certainly one of the highlights when we were in Birmingham. That was my first convention meeting. Um, it, it's just great uh, to, you know, of course, a lot of those people, their names, it's it's kind of a pseudonym, pen name kind of thing, like you mentioned. But it, it gives you an opportunity to make things tangible. Um I think so often when we come and think about these IMB missionaries and NAM missionaries, if we're not careful, uh, we know they're out there. We know we give money to them twice a year through special offerings and year round through the cooperative program, but it becomes out of sight, out of mind. And so when we're commissioning these missionaries and, and getting to watch uh, the celebration and the sending uh, at the convention, it's a great way to make it tangible. And, and I always want to encourage folks to try to make uh, our missionaries tangible. Uh, for us at Centerville, we're praying for missionaries. Uh, of course, in general, uh, we're always praying. We're using the Unreached People Guide put out for the 175th anniversary of the IMB, um, praying for Unreached People Groups every week. I have the NAM SIN calendar, which I know NAM is, is different, but much the same. Uh, and so we're praying for a different church planner or chaplain uh, or missionary sin city coordinator every week as well. Um, and I also encourage folks to, to know that these people can come to your church, that people come home on stateside assignment. Um, and when they do, uh, you can reach out to the mission board there in Richmond and have these individuals or units. Uh, sometimes it's family units, sometimes it's an individual. You can have them come to your church and speak and bless them. And so don't think they're, they're you know, way off and you'll never get to meet these people. Uh, if you want to make it happen, the mission board will send those folks, pay to make sure they're there, uh, which for us is great because they're, they're people that we, we know their faces. Uh, their pictures hang on our refrigerators. Uh, their names stay on our prayer list. And while we pray in general for, for all of our missionaries, we can take special ownership of certain people and then praying for the people groups they're trying to reach. Absolutely. And, uh, and so again, at the annual meeting, uh, I believe it is on Monday, if I remember correctly, the IMB dinner, and we'll put it in the show notes, but if you can get there, they opened up some new seats and so forth, get a reservation. It is always a joy to just get to celebrate. I remember the great music that's beforehand, usually some great speaking and so forth, a great meal, uh, to be honest, a delicious meal that we had the last couple that I've been to. And uh, But more than that, you get to hear what God is doing. And what's really neat, how they do it, at least as they've done it in the past, is usually at your table, you will have some missionaries uh, that are here on stateside assignment, maybe just for this week or whatever it might be, that they're at the table and you can get to talk to them and they ask you how your church is doing and, and you know what God is doing wherever you're at. You get to know everybody. But then you realize, oh, these guys are missionaries. Like it seems like it's always like this surprise. Oh, y'all are here like to to encourage us and so forth, but we're here to support you. Tell us what you're doing. And so I've really enjoyed that and uh, to get to hear what God is up to there. Some other things that have happened in, happening in the SBC is the sale of the Lifeway Christian Resources Headquarters. A neat note about maybe what this 
or how this came about is a few years ago, of course, I got to work with LifeWay Pastors and was able to work just as much of a team member as the people that were there in Nashville because I had a computer and I had Wi-Fi. And uh, because of COVID and, and some of the different things, really even before COVID, uh, they had done a study and found uh, that they were only using about 60% of its uh, occupancy on a regular basis. And so they had almost half of their building unused any given day. And that was already because of a robust remote work culture that they had. And then, of course, you throw in COVID-19 and Nashville had some pretty strict uh, restrictions on them and so forth. And so they went almost exclusively work at home. And, uh, and I think what they discovered is maybe this is the direction we need to go in the future. And so we'll put this in the show note as well so you can be informed about what is happening there. Uh, but uh, Alan, what are your thoughts? No, I, I mean, you know, as long as it's wise stewardships, uh, I think the world has forever changed because of COVID. Uh, I don't think anybody would disagree with me about that statement, um, that what was once normal will never be normal again. And lots of companies, not just Lifeway, lots of companies have realized that they can do work from home and cut a lot of cost um, in maintaining buildings, keeping buildings clean, paying rent, paying utilities, those kinds of things. And so if the work can continue, uh, kingdom-focused ministry uh, to help equip the church, um, I'm for it. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm still looking forward to making my pilgrimage uh, to Jerusalem in June for the annual meeting, and perhaps I'll be able to glance upon the building. Uh, as well as the building for the executive committee um, and then pray uh, East or something like that. I'm not sure what, what's <laughs> supposed to happen. Uh, sacrifice a fried chicken. I, I don't know, something like that, uh, but we'll see. For sure. And they are going to have a new work environment of sorts. It's going to have a mix of some conference rooms and some meeting spaces. Uh, the employees are going to still work remotely the majority of the time and will come to the building for certain meetings and maybe some brainstorm uh, sessions and so forth. And of course, we this is May 15th. I think in two weeks, we have the first vacation Bible school, at least in our association. And uh, so that's going to be coming around the pike. And uh, so some great stuff that you can be praying for and look forward to hearing LifeWay's report at the annual meeting. And uh, for now, that about does us for the SBC news. Uh, Jay Allen, why don't you turn us over to some culture topic? Be glad to do so. Yes, we, we think about uh, different Southern culture topics. Uh, many of them come from inspiration from listeners like you. And so I would encourage you always, if you have any kind of suggestion for things that you would like done, uh, to let us know uh, if you have any suggestions for topics, uh, but would also uh, just day-to-day -day life, things we come across, uh, things that remind us of Southern culture. And I was... Um, enjoying a slice of cake on Mother's Day. But I thought it was fairly unique to my area. Uh, nothing special in that it was a yellow cake with chocolate icing. However, uh, it had like 14 layers. And so uh, it made me think every area has its own unique culinary innovations and contributions to the world of culinary arts. And perhaps some of the places that you have been have had some pretty unique desserts. That's something that I, I've found is fairly unique to Southeastern North Carolina to make almost these paper thin layers of cake. 
uh, and then putting icing or frosting in between them. Uh, and it, it's almost a, uh, a way of being uh, braggadocious if you can get the layers super, super thin uh, with those layers of frosting that are almost minuscule. You can barely tell that they're there. Um, and so what, what about you, Matt? Are there any unique uh, desserts that you can think of from Texas or even New Mexico? Well, uh, I, as you set it up that way, I was trying to think of what's kind of the New Mexico dessert dish. And I honestly don't know what it is because we just put green chili on everything. And that doesn't seem to bode well when it comes to a dessert. Uh, but we've got a church member uh, that has a partnership with a bakery uh, in the town next to us called Cloudcroft. And uh, they are kind of, you know, they would be a bakery that maybe could be on some of those bake-off shows, you know, where, where maybe you try, you know, to make some kind of a special cake or whatever, because we just kind of tell them, hey, we want a stitch cake, or hey, we want a Yoda cake, or hey, we want a Disney cake, whatever it might be. And we just let them have at it. And it always tastes good, but it looks even better. Um, you know, when, when we were celebrating our gotcha day, our adoption day for our girls and announcing or telling them we were going to Disney, we asked for a Mickey cake and uh, said, it doesn't have to have Mickey ears, whatever, just think about Mickey Mouse and just make whatever you want. And uh, so the design was sort of the pants or the shorts or whatever were that bottom tier. And then there was a top tier and then it did have basically a Mickey hat on top. And uh, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how the Mickey ears stood up, uh, but it was delicious and it looked really cool too. And uh, so that's about all I have back in Texas. Of course, it was all about the pecan pie and bluebell. And uh, thankfully we can get bluebell over here and uh, with a side of listeria and it's absolutely delicious. And uh, so I'm a cookie two-step guy, uh, my style, but yeah. Well, uh, I'm not sure that Wiley would approve of your Disney cake. Uh, but that, that does sound good. Uh, and of course, Bluebell we get here, uh, you know, that I guess at one point would have been fairly regional to Texas. Uh, here in North Carolina, um, for the longest time, there was a, a dairy uh, called Mayola, uh, and they were headquartered out of Newburgh, North Carolina. And I grew up eating Mayola ice cream, which you cannot find anymore. Um, and I have very fond memories of Mayola peach ice cream, uh, probably with, with similar uh, love as you have for Bluebell, although I don't know anybody that loves Bluebell as much as Bart Barber. <laughs> um, and, and so, uh, you know, I, I would, I would buy Bart a gallon of Bluebell if he would agree to run for SBC president this year or another year. <laughs> um, you know, what, what's the fifth name uh, in the pot? Uh, you know, let's let's split the vote even more. Uh, <laughs> you know, next year, well, you know, if somebody does win this year, then they've got to uh, run again and be in office for two years, and then we'll be due for another pandemic, and so they'll be in office for three years uh, if things continue the way they have for the last few years. But but whenever Bart, whenever you run, even if you don't win, you let me know, and I will buy you a gallon of Bluebell. Not that I expect you to be listening to me right now, but maybe Matt, you can pass the message along. I will. I will. Well, why don't you send us out? Well, friends, we are so glad that you joined us again for another episode of the Potluck. Potluck, we hope that you've had your fill and had your full and that you'll come back same Baptist time, same Baptist hour. Stay Baptist, my friends.